Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Larry Kay and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, June 8th, 2018. Oh my gosh, it's June already? Uh, today we're reading from the big book and we are currently on page 68. We're starting on the fourth paragraph, which is now about sex. Don't everyone, you know, jump off the line. We're going to read through three paragraphs, part of the human condition, right? And we're going to, so three paragraphs starting uh, uh, with now about sex and ending not, not be despised or loathed. And we're going to comment on all three. Okay, today's readers. So we have Madeline, uh, we have Madeline on, the, um, on the 12 steps and we have Alexis H on the 12 traditions and the readers of the text, uh, Jeanette, S and Susan H. The reference number for yesterday, which is Thursday, June 7th, for the 7 a.m. meeting, that reference number is 11512. That's 11,512. And for the 10 a.m. meeting, 11514, 11,514. The OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous, is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. And we welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states that each group has but one primary purpose, and that is to carry its message to the compulsive reader who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive reading can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. So I'm gonna ask uh, Madeline uh, to uh, read the 12 steps. Madeline, thanks for jumping in this morning. Thanks for your service, Larry Kay. This is Madeline R. from Pennsylvania. Our 12 steps, number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision, a decision to turn our will and our lives over the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our, song, our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. 
having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. I'll pass. Thanks so much, Madeline. Okay, Alexis H., it's your turn on the 12 traditions. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, my name is Alexis H. I'm a compulsive eater in Michigan. These are the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for a group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outfit enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name will never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personality. And I pass. Thanks so much, Alexis. Okay, here's how this, this meeting is supposed to work anyway. We'll see how it goes. Our, our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. So what we do is we read a paragraph or two from the literature, then we stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature that we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive readers only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on the topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. And we are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. If you wanna share, what you do is you press star one to unmute your phone and once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, we ask that everyone uh, except the speaker's phone is, is muted. So today we're going to pick back up in the, uh, in the big book, and we are on page 68, starting with the fourth paragraph, now about sex. And we're going to read through three paragraphs, ending not be despised or loathed, and we're going to comment on both paragraphs. And so now Jeanette S. is going to get us started. Jeanette, good morning. Good morning, Larry. Can you hear me? You're coming through loud and clear. Okay, great. Oh, boy. Now about sex. 
Many of us needed an overhaul there. But above all, we tried to be sensible on this question. It's so easy to get way off track. Here we find human opinions running to extremes, absurd extremes perhaps. One set of voices cries that sex is a lust of our lower nature, a base necessity of procreation. Then we have the voices who cry for sex and more sex, who bewail the institution of marriage, who think that most of the troubles of the race are traceable to sex causes. They think we do not have enough of it or that it isn't the right kind. They see its significance everywhere. One school would allow man no flavor for for his flair, and the other would have us all on a straight pepper diet. We want to stay out of this controversy. We do not want to be the arbiter of anyone's sex conduct. We all have sex problems. We'd hardly be human if we didn't. What can we do about them? We reviewed our own conduct over the past years past. Where had we been selfish, dishonest, or inconsiderate? Whom had we hurt? Did we unjustifiably arouse jealousy, suspicion, or bitterness? Where were we at fault? What should we have done instead? We got this all down on paper and looked at it. In this way, we tried to shape a sane and sound ideal for our future sex life. We subjected each relation to the test. Was it selfish or not? We asked God to mold our ideals and to help us to get live up to them. We remembered always that our sex powers were God-given and therefore good, neither to be used lightly or selfishly, nor to be despised and loathed. Phew. Hi, I'm Jeanette, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Maybrook, New York. My mouth got dried out reading all that. Mm. The irony of it all, for me, this was just um, the perfect reading. So I have um, gone from one end to the other end, you know, pepper diet to no spice whatsoever. Um, and had, I had a lot of difficulty in this area. Um, hmm. <laughs> debating what I should say here. Okay. Um, this isn't me. I have, I have been in the swing lifestyle and that's the pepper diet. Um, and I came out of that um, and went into, you know, no no spice whatsoever. <laughs> um, so hopefully now I'm like in some place in between, in the middle of that. And I love that it says in here that um, we do not want to be the arbiter of anyone's sex conduct. We all have sex problems. Uh, and we'd hardly be human if we didn't. It's a human, it's one of our human needs. It's one of our basic needs food, shelter, and sex, believe it or not. It is. Um, and so this was interesting for me to come through this part of the the process and um, have have 
a list and, and, and sound ideals for future sex life. Um, I never really thought about it. I never actually thought about it. I just did it. I didn't think about what I was doing. Um, I didn't. I was not a one to go have affairs and and such like that. Um, but I'm sure that there were situations that were not not the cleanest, you know, not on the up and up um, that I needed to, you know really, you know, think about and put on my ninth step. Um, and and this this was the kind of situation um, unless to do so would hurt others. And it was about me changing my behavior rather than um, actually making a direct amends to somebody. It's more of a living amends for me. Um, so, and I'm just, and I'm glad that it's my moral inventory. It's nobody else's moral inventory. It's my moral and between me and my higher power and what works for me. And just recently, I had to tell someone that um, I couldn't be in relation with them because there was no respect. And yeah, it was kind of a sexy relationship, but there was no respect. And I had to, I had to end that and just say, this doesn't work for me because this is one of my ideals, to be respected. Even if, you know, if it's that kind of a relationship, it really doesn't matter. If it's respectful, then it's then it works for me. If it's disrespectful, it does not work for me. And that was hurting my soul to not be respected. Um, so that's, that was an ideal that I didn't really understand and didn't know that I had because I didn't have any self-esteem. Now that I'm gaining self-esteem um, through the power of these, Steps, I can change my ideal and do something that is respectful for me and advocate for myself. And I guess with that, I pass. Have fun. <laughs> Thanks, Jeanette. What a great share. I know that I'm in the right place. Okay, so we're going to transition um, to the sharing. And um, so, who would like to share on what was read? Katie G. from Boston. Matt M. Katie, Matt. Susan H. Carolyn S. H. Lauren N. And Lauren N. Lauren N. Got it, Lauren. Stacy T. Okay, let's um, let's stop there. All right, let me see if I if I got this right. So Katie, Matt, Susan, was it was it Karen before Carolyn S. H. Carolyn. Okay, thank you, Carolyn. And then Lauren, followed by Stacy. Okay, Katie, get us started. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, my fellows. Katie G, recovered from Boston. Okay, so here's the thing. It's not about sex. It is about sex, absolutely. But we're not on the line to talk about, I didn't have any partners, or I had a million partners. That is important, right, in terms of looking at it. But what this is, is it's a discussion of where my selfishness is hurting others. This is just another area, right? We looked at resentment, we look at fear, and then we look at sex. Um, and a lot of people turn this into a relationship, um, to look at relationships. So the thing is, 
it doesn't matter if you're talking about one person or a thousand. For me, my experience was I came into the Big Book, into Big Book Step Study because I was truly broken in this area and because I used people the way I used food. And I wanted to fill up on other people. I wanted people to go inside me to make me feel better. And after five minutes with you, I was done with you. And I moved on. And if you weren't enough, then I, then I chose 10 other people. And what was so freeing about putting this all on paper and looking at me, the common denominator, I am the problem, and telling it to another woman, I got to settle into my body, right? This isn't about judgment, about whether you're asexual, homosexual, heterosexual, trisexual, bisexual. This is about the base necessity of sex. I mean, God gave us sex, right? Like, pretty good job. But how am I hurting others? How have I been selfish, dishonest? How have I been inconsiderate? Like saying, okay, well, my needs are more important. Um, who did I hurt? You know, having an affair with a married man. How about the kids? How about the kids? And be careful, guys, because for me, this wasn't about steps eight and nine, right? This is about step four. So I don't need to worry about the men. Sorry, I just need to be concerned about who I am, who I've harmed, and who did I arouse jealousy with? You know, and you know, when I'm when I'm out in the world, am I looking at other men and saying, you know, I'm a married woman? Am I looking at other men and, and saying, oh well, if I smile at you, are you going to give me what I want? Are you gonna Are you gonna help me feel better? Are you gonna give me a sale? Well, for me and my sex ideal, that's not an appropriate use of my sex conduct, right? And so that first time I went through, and yeah, I looked at the affairs I had. If you're somebody who's, who's thinking no one can ever love you because all the things you ever done in sex, call me. It's not true. It's not true. You can settle into your skin and be a wonderful daughter of God, right? And, and be freed. But the most important thing, the book promises us, if we don't heal in this area and we continue to behave in this area in our selfish manners, we will eat. And for me to eat is to die a spiritual death. So there is nothing but freedom and nothing to be afraid of in this in this uh, inventory. And with that, I do pass. Thanks, Katie. Okay, we have Matt followed by Susan. Hey, Matt, good morning. Hey, Larry, thank you for your service. Good to hear your voice. Good morning, everyone. This is Matt. I'm a compulsive lower eater. You know, I've, I've had to judge my own sex content over the years. Being in program, I had to judge myself. Am I being too selfish? Am I not having the right kind of sex? Am I not taking care of myself? Because, you know, sexual health is just as important as having physical health or mental health or spiritual health. You know, I'm an, I'm an adult. I deserve to have it in my life. And uh, you know, recently I had to come to terms with setting clear and concise boundaries with, with a friend of mine because um, we used to be friends with benefits, and now I had to le listen to him and actually set a clear boundary. You know, it's not... For me, personally, it's not right for me to have sex with my friends. I have to have that clear boundary. I want to have sex within the confines of a healthy, loving relationship, not with friends. And I had to set that clear boundary with him. But when I set it with him, I did not cause him any harm. I just told him that, listen, this is not something I plan on doing anymore. This is, what I, this is what I plan to do with my life now. And I told him my plan, and he said he understood. But sometimes I have to reset those boundaries with this person. I have to reset them with the people. If I don't stick to what I say I believe in, then what do I believe in? So now that I have set this boundary, I have to stick with it, and I have to stick with it day after day, no matter how. I make it weak sometimes, but if I don't stick to my convictions, what good am I to anybody else? So I'm grateful that I have that 
ability to see this and to set clear boundaries to myself and what I want for my future my future relationship ideal, my future sex life. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. Okay, we have Susan followed by Carolyn. Good morning, Susan. Good morning. This is Susan H., a recovered compulsive eater in Ohio. And uh, being in a monogamous, monogamous relationship for 45 years, I thought, oh, no problems here. I actually dismissed the whole subject when I considered it. On thinking, I discovered that how I hurt myself and my partner is building a wall of fat on myself, then believing that sex was hopeless as I believed my whole life was hopeless. The obesity intensified my belief that I was not worthy of the care and attention involved in sex. It may have given my husband the impression I was not interested in him. So it served to decrease pleasure all around my house. Today, that layer of separation is gone for today. I, I give the credit to my higher power for changing my life changing my body, changing my heart, my spirit, as a result of working the 12 steps. So I'm not afraid to consider uh, our sexual nature anymore, and uh, I'm just truly grateful. Thanks for letting me share. Thanks so much. Oh, thanks, Susan. Okay, we have Carolyn S.H. followed by Lauren. Carolyn, good morning. Your turn. Hi, good morning, Larry. Thank you so much for your service. I am setting my timer. Um, hi, good morning, Carolyn S.H. calling from Massachusetts. And um, this is uh, so cool this time around. Um, I shared the other day as well, I'm actually going through the steps again, and I'm right exactly where we are in the meeting. So yesterday I did my writing um, on sex and um and also wrote out, um, according to the instructions I was given, wrote out my ideal, um, answered the nine questions, and then wrote out my ideal. The ideal we'll be talking about tomorrow. But um, And I am just struck by a few things. One, how simple the process is this time around, um, and how freeing uh, it feels, and how different this part um, of the four steps feels to me this time. Um, and even in just the writing, and I haven't even um, done step five yet, I feel a more a sense of freedom um, from shame uh, because what, I, what I'm realizing is um, this is just another area, like, like was said, um, that where selfishness, it, it's all about letting go of, of the big book's definition of selfishness. Where did I want things to be other than they are? Um, how did I want reality to bend to uh, my desires um, in a way that uh, can't be done? Um, where did I want other people's personalities to be different so that I could feel in a different way? Um, and it's just so clear and so, um, I don't know. So matter of fact, like there's no judgment about it. And that's one of the things I love about this writing, especially about sex is the whole, you know, we don't want to be the, the arbiter of anyone's sex conduct. Um, and the whole, um, we all have sex problems. We'd hardly be human if we didn't. And, 
Um, yeah, I, 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 I kind of am at a loss for words about just how simple and freeing and um, uh, easy it is to see that this is, this is just kind of, uh, I have the same habits of relationships um, here in this area than in all my relationships. Um, and it's kind of easier to see here because in a way, the way I would word it is the stakes are a little higher um, in a physically intimate relationship. So my character defects are a little more obvious. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so I guess I'll leave it there. My time's up. With that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Carolyn. Okay, we have Lauren followed by Stacy. Hey, Lauren, good morning. Good morning, everyone. Can you hear me, Larry? Yeah, you're coming through great. Oh, so just about sex. Now about sex. Wow. Um, at first, I thought, oh, I have nothing to atone to because I haven't had sex in years. But you know what? It's not about sex. It's about intimacy. It's about letting people into my heart and opening up enough to allow myself to be there and to be free and to let people into my life, really into my life, not just looking like, not just the fantasy of, but the reality of letting them into my life. I'm divorced and I uh, divorced 20 something, 28, 26 years ago, 25 years ago. And he, my ex-husband was my last person that I was involved with sexually. And I, Still, to this day, working the steps one day at a time every day, think that I'm not worthy of someone who is loving and caring. But that's a lie that I tell myself. And that lie keeps me blocked from the sunlight of the Spirit. And that sunlight of the Spirit will allow me to let my guard down and to hold my hand so that I can let myself be with someone in a loving relationship. I deserve that, and my sex partner deserves that too. Not just for sex, but for my intimacy. So with that, I pass. Thank you all for being there. Thanks, Lauren. Okay, Stacy, it's your turn. Good morning. Good morning. <clears throat> Sorry. Good morning, Laura. This is Stacy in Cleveland. And when I did my four-step, I I did have some folks that I uh, needed to write down, needed and wanted to write down, um, because as it says on the page before, I was really wanting to match uh, the serenity I was now getting with the calamity 
I had caused. It didn't say that. It said calamity with serenity. I just flipped it. <clears throat> but that's really what had happened. And so um, I did take an honest look at selfish, dishonest, and inconsiderate. And and uh, and who I had hurt. Um, and the arousal of jealousy, suspicion, and bitterness. Now, while we're talking about sex, this really goes to, it, it just flows so much into all the other dimensions that I was looking at in my fourth step. And uh, we ask God to mold our ideals and help us to live up to them. Um, my ideals are about how I want to be, feel, and act so imperfectly in all of my relationships with all of the people in my world, um, regardless of this particular section or not. These ideals are part of what helps me to change my character. Um, and I, I for today when I wrote my sex when I wrote my ideal of one I what I was wanting it was it wasn't new it was just so lovely to be able to put it down on paper with a different freedom um and that I wasn't using um my excess uh skin to um, create the barrier that it once filled up. And for today, I believe I have the discernment. And if I don't, I have phone numbers. And for today, I have enough on my plate just continuing to um, ask God to mold my ideals and live up to them every day. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Stacy. <clears throat> okay, we're going to open it up to more sharing. Who else would like to share? Deborah? Deborah? Karen Dan. Karen? Larry K. Larry K. Larry K. Okay, we heard you, Leslie Larry. W. We'll put you on the list. Leslie, <laughs> Leslie? W. <laughs> Anyone Ra else? Roz R. Florida. Okay. Madeline R. If there's time, Larry. <laughs> oh, you know what? We're going to get rid of Larry K. We hear enough out of him. So let's see. We'll have Madeline after Craig. Um, okay, so here's our list so far. We got Deborah, Karen, <laughs> Leslie, and no laughing. Deborah, Karen, Leslie, Roz, Craig, and Madeline. Let's go with that and see where we're at. Hey, Deborah, you're up. Hi, Deborah. I'm from Western New York. Good morning. Thank you all. Good morning. As I write down um, the ideal woman that I believe um, I want to be, it's the core honesty of who I am, and I, I pray about it and I write it down, um, especially at this stage of my life, it's really, it is beautiful because what does it mean to be feminine? What does it mean to be honest to that ideal in my daily life? Am I evaluating myself as a woman because I may um, submit to something that I shouldn't submit to, whether it's others' behavior, others' expectations. To commit to that ideal um, is really a beautiful thing because only I know who 
a woman in my age is, in my early 60s. I'm not that young woman anymore that has to go back and relive all those things. And maybe if we've been in the program for many years, we've dealt with it. But now where in my life um, am I to be and how am I to walk out being that, um, that feminine person? And allowing myself to be feminine at whatever age that means and what does that look like, how that doesn't interfere with what the world is saying right now when you see TV, what fits for me. And that honesty is a beautiful, beautiful place. Um, So that's all my share. Thank you. Thanks so much, Deborah. Okay, we have Karen followed by Leslie. Hey, Karen, good morning. Hi, this is Karen, a recovering compulsive overeater. I feel like, you know, sex is the most intimate thing you can do with with another human being. Um, and your souls, I mean, I feel like it's a real a real soul experience, a real sacred experience. Um, and I just don't, I don't know. I guess I'm old fashioned. You know, I, I don't. I, I, uh, but I I I have I have to look at myself too in my past uh in this program and um definitely I have been selfish and self centered and used it as a weapon even, you know, uh used it to get my way or withhold to get my way or whatever. But I mean that was a long time ago and I actually haven't had sex in a long time but um I I I am more interested in becoming a woman of grace and integrity. Um that's what's more important to me and I I I'm more interested in a meaningful relationship with someone. Um so I really don't have a lot to say about it. I'm just uh, I'm super grateful to be here today. Uh thank you for listening. Thanks, Karen. Okay, we got Leslie followed by Roz. Hey, Leslie, good morning. Hey, Larry. Good morning. This is Leslie W. Um, recovered in Tennessee, and uh, I just had to share on this topic. Um, sex. Yeah, so <clears throat> I'm just going to be really brave and just put myself out there this morning and say that um, I know a lot. a lot of us – I know a lot of us struggle with this because I talk to a lot of people uh, in program who struggle with this. But for many years, um, I really, really did a lot of harm to my husband in this area. Um, And so every morning I say, God, please show me how to make amends to my spouse. Help me to keep his happiness uppermost in my mind as I try with your grace to make this relationship right. And... See, because what, what he didn't know when he married me was that I was sexually abused um, by an older cousin uh, when, I was, <clears throat> when I was 18. And um, I, uh, I was really messed up for a really long time. And I punished my husband for the deeds of one man a long, long time ago. I punished him for years because I cut myself off from him. I shut myself off. I shut my body down. I ate and I hid and I emasculated that man um, when all he wanted was his wife. He just wanted to love his wife 
And I couldn't love him the way he needed to be loved because I was sick and I was hurt. And something had been taken from me a long time ago that I couldn't figure out how to put put it back together again. But I just want to say, I just want to give some hope this morning for anybody who may be struggling in this issue because um, my husband and I have a beautiful relationship today. And that part of our life has been restored and is being restored every day. And I am healing every day. And I no longer let what one person did to me as a teenager affect the life that I have today by God's grace. I can be there for my husband. I can be intimate with my husband. I could not do that if it weren't for the work of these steps. And and if it weren't for, for all of you, I could not be that woman. I could not be the woman that God has intended for me to be today had I not gone through this process And what a beautiful process it is. So don't be afraid of it. Don't be afraid of it. Just face it because there's such beauty and freedom on the other side of it. And I pass. Thanks. Thanks, Leslie. Appreciate that. Okay, we have Roz followed by Craig. Hey, Roz, good morning. Hi, Larry. Can I be heard? You can. Yep. Thank you. Okay, let me just set my timer. Um. I was just about to walk out the door to take a walk as I was listening to the share and I live in Florida as an aside, a snake fell on my head. I am still shook up by that. I was like, I had to get it out of my hair. Um, so talk about, um, anyway, so I came back in the house to regroup. Um, but this is, uh, this is, as people have said, it's not just about sex, it's about intimacy. And, um, I did not realize, um, what this meant until I actually did the fourth step and um, walked through these questions and realized that for myself, I was always looking for intimacy, you know, like someone should fix me. Um, I could find, you know, if my, my husband wasn't, wasn't giving me what I needed and I looked outside of my marriage, like so many people have done in the past. And, um, and, and I wanted to, I wanted to feel the love and, and the acceptance and, um, and the um, uh, affirmation that I couldn't give myself, you know, in working through these steps, what I've learned is, you know, I want God to be that intimacy that I have. I want to learn to have that intimacy, you know, with God and with myself and that any relation that comes into my life today, um, I use even, even, you know, as a single woman, you know, single recovered woman, you know, I, I say these prayers all the time. Um, not necessarily about sex, but, you know, sex ideals, you know, I don't want to use people today. I don't want to have someone in my life, you know, or be with someone, um, you know, to make me feel better. I want to be a whole person, you know, standing on my own two feet, you know, recovered, you know, in this program and being, you know, a, a child of God. Um, and, and anyone that comes into my life enhances it, doesn't fix it. Um, and so, you know, I do, I ask God all the time you know, to mold my ideals to, you know, I know I was very selfish, dishonest, inconsiderate um, to my husband. And and though I couldn't make direct amends to him without, you know, hurting a lot of people, um, I changed my behavior. Um, we, We did get divorced, but, you know, changed my behavior as a friend, changed my behavior in future, you know, relationships. And, uh, and I'm just, I'm just very grateful today that I have the awareness that I have. I wouldn't have had that 
um, because when I was using the food, I had to use, I used people, you know, and today I, it's a daily, it's a daily reprieve. You know, every day I have to do the same thing today that I did yesterday, but I take these prayers out of these books. You know, anytime it says we ask, we ask, we ask, you know, there are, this book is loaded with prayers beyond the eighth and ninth step prayers, you know, and, and I always point them out to people I sponsor. I love all these prayers and, and, you know, there's two sex prayers or three sex prayers right in this chapter. So um, I'm just grateful to be here, and I'm glad I didn't get bit by that snake, and I'm (laughs) going to have to go outside and deal with it. Um, But anyway, grateful to be here, and uh, love your sense of humor and uh, joy that you always share with us, Larry. Thank you for letting me share. Thanks. Thanks so much, Roz. Okay, we have Craig followed by Madeline. Hey, Craig, good morning. This is Craig F. Can I be heard? You can. Oh, great, great. It says Craig F. recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and uh, what a what a paragraph to choose to to share on. Um, here, you know, we're we're in the middle of step three, um, uh, and we're ta- this this idea of turning my life and will over to the care of God. Um, I, one of the things that that I stumbled on was turn my sex life over to God. I mean, I turn my finances over, you know, that's, that's pretty easy, but you know, that, that, uh, uh, especially Midwest, uh, small town morality that I was raised with, uh, turn my sex life over to God. I might as well go be a eunuch. You know, God doesn't want me to have sex. Does he? I mean, gracious. Um, and and, and uh, I wanted to, so um, uh, not that I hadn't, but I know, no, but I, you know, I wanted to, but I, I, uh, I, I was going to hold on to that one, you know. Um, but the whole idea uh, for me, the what I take out of this step is that that my um, that my mission here is to clear away those things that get between me and God, that clog the tube, you know, and that's my resentments, my guilt, and my fears. And and, and if I am guilty, if I feel guilty if, about um, my sex life, then uh, how am I going to stand before this higher power that I uh, believe in and say, God, I, I, I love you and I've turned everything over to you except this, you know, except this thing here. Um, and so if I expect to walk in the sunlight of the Spirit, uh, I, I have to remember that this higher power that I believe in sees everything I do anyway. And, and, and so I have to turn this area of my life over to him. And, and then the rest of it is that I have to realize uh, that uh, this and the book explains it well. That the motivations, the the behind the things I did, you know, uh, the uh, and I don't need to take a fifth step in front of a crowd here, but uh, you know the things that I did um, that uh, I, I you know when I had sex relations that weren't appropriate or I even when I just flirted with somebody inappropriately I I, I thought well that's just the sex drive that I had and, and what it really was when I got down to the to to the causes and conditions here 
was that I was so um, insecure about who I was inside that I thought that if I could get a response out of somebody, uh, if they would sleep with me or if they would just flirt back, uh, whatever it was, that I must not be as undesirable, unlovable, uh, unlovable was the real hard one, or uh, or as fat as I as I thought I was. In other words, I was using other people to shore up my poor self-esteem, and and that hurt other people, and and so I had to clear away that guilt too, the the guilt of uh, hurting other people, and make amends. And sometimes it's just a general living amends to try to stop acting like that. And sometimes it's a it's it was specific amends, but we'll get to that later. Um, so for me, th- these paragraphs were important. Uh, I get to choose my own higher power. I also get to choose uh, my own morality. I get to I get to to uh, come to terms with with the morality that my higher power has set for me, which may be different than what you see, and that's okay. As long as I as as long as I live to that standard, as long as I strive to live to that standard, that's okay. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thanks, Craig. Okay, next up, Madeline, it's your turn. Hey, Madeline, press uh, star one to unmute. Hey, I said my whole name and everything. Thanks, Larry Kay. This is Madeline R. from Pennsylvania, a recovered compulsive eater in Pennsylvania. And, um, you know, now about sex. I just love how that's put. Like, yep, we went over those darn resentments. We looked at our side of the street. We're into the fears, giving those to God where they are once they're given, you know, uh, gone at once. Not that they don't come back. We just give them again. And uh, many of us needed an overhauling there. So it was important to look at it. That's what those words said to me. Also, the word sensible. I needed to be sensible. I could get way off track. I certainly let the extremes of my mother, who was a very restrictive um, religious girl, her parents put that on her. It was something that had to be done. You just did it and got it over with to my father, who I heard was quite the ladies' man uh, in his time. And I went through the judgments of both of those according to their faiths and their thoughts. And where it says up here on the top, we want to stay on 69, one of the last sentences, we want to stay out of this controversy. We do not want to be the arbitrator of anyone's sex conduct, including mine. My business is not to get into those two schools of thought, not even one of them. And the important thing is Can to review my me? conduct. Sorry. The, um, Larry? Yeah, if, if everyone can mute their phone... We would appreciate that. Thanks, Melon. Keep going. Thank you. Okay. I had to look at my own conduct. And the way that it was taught to me to do it, because I needed a teacher to take me through this book, just a real brief history of the relationship, very brief. I love bullet points. My conduct. Um, my conduct because of my nature I have a friendly nature. I grew up with brothers. It certainly can be one of a flirtatious, not not because I want that, just because I think people are like a brother. 
you know, once I was asked, um, do you like him like your brother or like your boyfriend? And I'm like, what? I'm happily married. And I had a look at that, you know, and that was somebody at my church. So, and they were teasing me, but it hit home. And then the major points that came up were, and how it ended or how it is now, very brief bullet points. That particular thing showed me patterns. It showed me how I'm the same in every relationship. Okay, great. Maybe we'll be okay now. We can, we can hear then, someone. <laughs> Sorry, Madeline. That's okay. Um, and then I needed to ask myself those specific questions. They're right there. There's nine questions there. Where had I been selfish? Where had I been dishonest? Where had I been inconsiderate? Whom did I hurt? Did I arouse jealousy? Did I arouse suspicion? Did I arouse bitterness? Where was I at fault? And I give my timer set. What should I have done instead? And I think that's important for me to realize, to answer those questions briefly and look at my side of the street. And there's still work to okay. be done in the Try 10 steps surrounding this. You know, there really is that to be done in the 10th step. For instance, um, you know, the aging process for any of my friends out there is, doesn't make it easy. And so having said that, I really appreciate the opportunity to show it, that, to, you know, share about this. And for me, the most important thing is I'm not the arbitrator with the baseball bat. I need to put that away. I'm looking at my conduct, and I'm not going to extreme either way. So thanks for that, and I'll pass. Online and face-to-face meetings. Thanks so much, Madeline. Okay, we're um, we're going to go ahead and mute the uh, lines here, and bear with us. I'm going to mute the line. Thank you. Thanks, Leah. Can you hear me okay? Okay. So, um, yeah, we're going to we'll, – we'll take a couple more shares. I, I'm going to jump in as well, if that's okay. Um, is, there a, is there another person that wants to share? Anita J. All right. How about I'll go and then, Anita, you go, and then we'll see where we're at. Okay. Yeah, I got to share. Boy, boy, you know, we, we'd hardly be human if we didn't have problems in this area, and that certainly goes for me. One of the things that I – you know, the, the way I learned about love – some of the things that my parents inadvertently showed me, you know, it was, you know, here's how I learned about love. It was, we showed love through brand name sugar cereal and Nike gym shoes and a, maybe a whopper of a guilt trip, you know? And so any wonder that perhaps I had something different to give away, but I don't blame, you know, I don't blame my upbringing. I don't blame that I, someone mentioned sexual abuse. I, yes. Yeah. I can check that box as well. The thing about it is, is the, this, this instinct, this, you remember Maslow's hierarchy of needs? You remember that? And we got, you know, at the bottom rung there, we, we need to get our physiological needs met. Perhaps that's part of it as well. But then there was a sense of further up the, the chain there, there was a sense of belongingness and connectedness, right? And, uh, and I wanted those needs met. And you know when I wanted them met? Now. You know, Daddy, I want, I want the whole world, right? I want it met, and I want it met now. And I took so many of my God-given instincts beyond that, with that in which they were intended. And so, these are the things that I had to give away in the context of an an intimate relationship. You know, in, intimacy. Into me, you see. Into me, I see. I see a little bit further into me now, as a result of this process. 
Um, and perhaps what's interesting is perhaps other people see can see into me into me you see a little bit better as well as a result of this process and as a result of being brought into greater alignment with my higher power. So while my sex life is not perfect, yeah, I, I also, I can check that box. There wasn't a whole lot of sex going on, mainly because I was scared. I was a scared little, little bird, you know, running from it. So I thought, well, there's not much going on here. But we begin to learn as we read the big book and study the big book, we begin to learn that this is about this social instinct and that I could use brand name sugar cereal and Nike gym shoes or my, you know, or, or, or a whopper of a guilt trip to get what I wanted to push away what I didn't want. I don't need to live my life that way anymore. So I had to go through this, this, uh, this inventory. And with that, I'll pass. Hey, Anita, you want to wrap us up here? Good morning. Yeah, I want to I want to wrap us up. Um, Anita J out here recovered in Massachusetts, and who would think that I would be wanting to talk on this topic? But you know, it was a giant learning process for me all about this. Even though I've been a widow now, it's going to be ten months. It's going to be ten months later this uh, week, this this month. The point is. I made all my decisions in this area my whole life with my childhood blocked. It wasn't until I was in my early 50s that that whole path came hitting me in the face and remembered the pedophile janitor. Well, all foundational things, I mean, about intimacy, that's what I, why I'm calling about intimacy is um, I learned this, but I didn't remember. Men are wonderful. I'm definitely heterosexual. That's what I was and am. But the point is, I learned, yeah, they're wonderful. Don't you let them come near you because they're going to let you down. You know, and um, I was only three, I think, when something was starting. And I, I had no communication skills. The point is, I built everything on that and tried to act kind of like this lovely-looking ice princess. But that wasn't true, and um, a couple of fellows knew. But the point is, it's been a process. It's been a process. And since Vision in 2014, um, I came to see the flirtation, even at this old age this flirtatious manner, and um, it was all tied in. Also, that this fourth step was all tied into what I didn't understand. And it was, just, it was just as a direct line. But what I wanted to really say now, as I'm approaching minute two, is that I recently had one therapy session because something came up. You know, it's been a very actually sad, beautiful process since my husband died. And um, one thing came up, and I went to someone who I had done work with before, and what it came out was my husband, he didn't have the the, uh, fortune of taking all the work I've done to learn how to be intimate 
That's what I craved, and I sought a solution earlier in this marriage to get it. And I found out that he tried something too. I found that out when he was dying. The point of it is, is I understand it now. And so I just want to say any, any list of what people want has to have intimacy and in the ability to do it. Sex isn't intimate. That's all I wanted to say. I pass. Thanks so much, Anita. And, and thank you to everyone who has shared. Uh, please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. Um, let me give you the share ID uh, for today, Friday, June 8th, for the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting. And that share ID is, is 11516. That's 11,516. And so we're now going to close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Hey, Susan H., are you available to read a vision for you? Uh, I'm ready. Oh, great. Thanks, this, Susan. This is Susan H. again in Ohio. Um, our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. <laughs>